Welcome to the EchoCast. I am Bon, and this is a podcast talking about all of the news, reviews, and speculation around video games on all platforms and almost every genre. This week we will be talking about Xbox News, No Man's Sky continuing, Halo Infinite's underwhelming Season 2, Mass Effect stuff, The Division rankings, (laughs) rantings, and much more. First, please subscribe to my YouTube channel for more podcasts and other videos. Follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcast provider. And last but not least, join the Discord to chat about the podcast episodes, games in general, or just about anything else that you want. Gaming news. We'll start off with some Xbox. So the big thing I actually want to start off this show with is there wasn't like one big story this week. Maybe I missed some, but it seems like there's no big games coming out like, you know, right now. Um, There haven't been any big like blockbuster uh, bits of news or anything. Um, So this is a I named this episode. um a smattering of news because that's what it is. There's not really anything huge, but there's some fun stuff to talk about. So, um, in the Xbox front, uh, there was a report this week talking about, um, a new chip in development, uh, I assume by AMD, um, for the Xbox series X. Um, I have read a few articles about this and it seems like basically the idea is that it's going to be a, um, a processor and maybe GPU, Consoles are weird um, because uh, you don't really have like a CPU and like a GPU like you do in a PC just in there Um, because they are, um, you know, they try to make them as small as they can, um, but still cool well and stuff. Um, There's basically a motherboard in there that has the CPU and all of the components of the GPU and the RAM and all of that stuff, like just like stuck wherever it can go. Um, So there isn't just like a video card. There's components of the video card stuck onto the motherboard. It's a interesting. So this report is suggesting that um, they're, they're creating a new chip that probably is involved in both processes that um, is potentially smaller, um, but more efficient. And like, so it could, in theory, it would run at least as well as the current Series X, maybe a little better. Um, but it sounds like from the things I've read is that the goal is to maybe reduce the size of the Series X um, and that this isn't really supposed to be the like mid-gen refresh. Um so if you remember with this, with the last generation, we had um, the PS4 Pro um, came out, I think like a six months or a year um, after the Xbox One X um, came out, which I actually had one of those. Um, and it wasn't technically that much faster than the base Xbox One, but it it sure seemed like it. It sure did a lot of stuff that the, the one didn't do very well. Um, and so this doesn't appear to be that... Um, I I've seen a lot of speculation by I think like Jeff Grubb and some other people um, who have really kind of pointed out that 
there may not really be a mid-gen refresh this time, even though people, even including myself, think that there might be. And the reasoning is, is that um, <clears throat> the Xbox One and the PS4, when they released, um, they used normal CPU art, like normal computer architecture, whereas the 360 and the PS3 did not. Um, but they used what was essentially like a laptop, like laptop hardware. Um, I guess there were issues like they, they just basically didn't have the tech at the time to make such a small console that could cool itself appropriately um, using like full size, like desktop components. And so they essentially used like lower power um, components that were more akin to like a laptop than a full desktop experience. Um, and so the reason that the PS4 Pro and the, and the One X were kind of a big deal <clears throat> is because they were pretty underpowered from day one. Where now we jump ahead and now we have the PS5 and the Series X um, and the S to a point. Um, that are pretty good, like, like are pretty, like are competitive with, you know, moderately equipped, um, gaming PCs right now, like today, the, the, the new, the, the current gen, the new systems are <clears throat> in so much better of a spot when it comes to hardware capability, uh, when they released and today than the last gen was at the same time uh, in their life so i've seen that argument that like you know these we may not get a ps5 pro or we may not get a, a xbox one x elite whatever they would call it because you know their naming conventions are you know a little wacky to say the least um i still think we will um there's a there's a listener question uh, that I'll cover my thoughts on this a little bit more, um, but I don't know if we'll see a true next generation at least from Xbox. Um, I'm sure there will be a PS6. I have no doubt. I don't necessarily know if we're gonna see Xbox do like a next gen. I would think it's way more likely that maybe after like five or six years, we'll see them release essentially just like a new Xbox, but that's still like in the series family, or it may not necessarily be hyped as like this big new thing. It just may be hyped as a big update, but we'll talk about this more during the listener questions uh, from master prime. Um, so this is interesting. Um, I've seen, it was really interesting when I saw some coverage of this news because I saw some commentators being like, oh yeah, that Series X is a chunky boy. And I'm like, it's really not. Its footprint is really small. It, um, it's a, it's it's not that tall. It's a pretty small device. Um, mine is under my desk, sitting on top of my subwoofer. Um, so it's not that big. It's a small subwoofer. Um, and which is funny if, if there's uh, I have to imagine PlayStation is working on like a PS5 slim because that thing is hilarious. Um, it's obviously a good system and, and I'm not into all the console war stuff, but like, I, I don't want to hear someone call the series X a chunky boy. And then like, look at this, like, you know, floor fan 
looking device that is a console and is just hilariously huge. Um, so I'm really curious if I, I have to imagine they have to be working on something similar, but we'll have to wait and see. The second story I dug up today was um, some cyberpunk updates and just CDPR um, updates in general. So a time, um, you know, a, a timeline or a, uh, a content delivery uh, schedule uh, was released from CDPR involving cyberpunk recently. Um, we did just recently hear that they've begun development on uh, the next Witcher game um, on, and the Unreal 5 engine and dropping their own engine, um, which cyberpunk is on. And um, I believe it's called the Red engine. I know, very original. Um, but in this in this timeline, they, they announced that the, the first DLC won't come for cyberpunk until 2023 next year. And that's interesting. <laughs> Um, now in, in the, in the most concerning part about it, I guess to me is that they have not hit their mark on anything when it comes to timeframes. So if they say like early 2023, which I don't know if they did, but I would expect it in late 2023, which you're taking a game that had a really rough launch. Um, not just because of the old gen systems, the, the, the game today has issues and it's not even just performance. Um, seems like they've figured most of that out. Um, it's just a, it's a mile wide and an inch deep. It, it, the game isn't what they advertised. It's just not, it's a, it, my experience with it. And from what I've gathered is it's, if it was just like a more linear single player game, it probably would have been really highly regarded. Um, but instead they just tried to do too much and they overpromised and underdelivered. Um, and to say that they aren't going to have any of this DLC out until next year. Um, so it's putting it, you know, two, three years after the game came out. That's, um, that's interesting. <laughs> that's, um, if I was a betting man, I would put money on that DLC. Never seen the light of day. What do I know? Of course. Um, so, you know, we'll have to wait and see about that. I, I hope it comes out. There's obviously the game sold great. I think it, I think they said it crossed like 14 million sold or something. I think it really sucks that a game, um, that was released like that and that had the messaging it had. Um, it, to me, it's a bummer that they weren't like punished more for the way they've, they've handled that game. Um, I think it sucks that they've basically just gotten a free pass and that people will remember, um, but they won't care and not enough people will be, will learn a lesson from trusting them. Um, and the next Witcher game will be getting back into their lane, right? So it will probably be better, even though Witcher three had issues when it released too. Um, I don't know. Uh, and speaking of Witcher three, uh, there was supposed to be a big remaster for the, current gen systems uh that's uh was being developed um done by another a third-party studio outside of cdpr and they've uh, essentially taken that project away and are doing it in-house but that also means that it's indefinitely delayed <laughs> so um if you were looking forward to playing the witcher 3 in 4k 60 fps or whatever um you're going to be waiting a while unless of course you're on pc i guess but um yeah uh i don't know 
they have a lot on their plate. Uh, they're still working on Cyberpunk. They're working on this new Witcher game on a whole new engine. They are um, doing this now. They're doing a remaster of Witcher 3. I know they've got a bunch of other side projects going on. Um, uh, interesting things with Cyberpunk. <laughs> Very um, curious to how that works out in the long run for them. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. We're also going to keep an eye on No Man's Sky. Uh, they are uh, they just released their new Outlaws update. Um, and this game is wild. Um, so I was actually one of the fools who pre-ordered No Man's Sky back in 2016, I believe, is when it initially released. Um, and if, you know, 2016 was really a reckoning for video games. Um, not to say that it's all been fixed now, right? But um, 2016 was interesting. There were a bunch of games that came out that promised a lot and didn't deliver. Um, unfortunately, one of them is my beloved Division 1. Um, while that ended up being a pretty good game, um, it seemed like it was going to be a different game leading up to release, um, especially in its early marketing. Um, and then we had No Man's Sky, which was the first game by you know this hello game studio uh and their ceo their their the their creator was all over the place um and people would basically be like so is this game gonna have this and he'd be like sure <laughs> like yeah we'll do that um and i and i think it was one it was a really good example of a developer who just happened to own the whole company needing PR training badly <laughs> because in hindsight, what it seems like is that he was taking these interviews and he was advertising this game. Um, and, and when, so when someone would suggest something to him, like, can you, will you be able to find your friends? And he says like, well, in theory you could, even though when the game came out, you could not, that was not a possibility. It seems like, he was talking to them like he would like another developer and be like, man, we can try to do that. Sure. And it came in now, maybe he just blatantly lied. It, you know, it, it depends on, you know, your take on the situation, but this game is so interesting because I've, I've really, I've seen people talk about because probably they came out in the same year, the way that like the division one um, was recovered and things were added and it was kind of fixed up. And, um, I've seen people like talk about that and no man's sky in the same breath of like all oh, these two games came out in rough shape and they really came back. I, I don't think that you can really compare those two things at this point, because what happened with no man's sky is that game came out and it was not what people were expecting. It was kind of bad. Uh, it, it, it had some cool ideas, but it was not finished. Um, and what they did is they went silent. And I, I want to stay for like nine months or maybe even almost a year. And then they came back out and they said, you know, they did refunds for people who were upset, all that stuff. And they came out with this big update that basically fixed everything and added a bunch of stuff that people originally expected. And you can only congratulate them so much, right? Because, you know, they, th those things were expected when the game released and not months, years later, almost. Um, but they did it. And it was a good game at that point, right? 
but then what they did, and, and the Division did similar stuff. By Division 1.8, the game was in pretty good shape. It was good. It wasn't everything that they initially sold us on, uh, but it was it was fine. It was good. But it never, like, ascended to, like, greatness. You know, it, it ascended to good, right? Um, even though it's one of my favorite games. And, and what No Man's Sky did is they didn't stop with just fixing their mistakes and getting the game to where it should have been they've gone nuts and now they're in you know the sixth year of that game and they're releasing this outlaws update they've released i i just started playing this game again this week and i've put in probably you know five or ten hours and it is it's so cool it's so pretty it's way over complicated i have no idea what the hell i'm doing but i'm having fun doing whatever i'm doing and What's really interesting about No Man's Sky is that they went from a story of a game releasing to a lot of deserved criticism to putting in the work and fixing that game to then ascending beyond that to making their game, in theory, one of the best games you can buy or play. And I mean that, like, to my heart, to my soul. It is a, it's a top 10 game right now, easily. Um, and, and that's a big deal. Um, maybe it shouldn't have taken six years and it hasn't. I'm under the impression that people for the most part have been satisfied with what no man's sky is for like three or four years. Like it's been, a, it's been doing well for a while and it's cool. Cause it's not just a redemption story, but it's a, a story of them getting redemption and then keep it on going there. They've put in features into this game that, people weren't you know didn't even expect back when the game came out like they, they 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 met those expectations and then they've just gone further and further and like this game is wild when you play it you feel like you're a little speck of nothing in the middle of this giant you know galaxy uh and more this universe this you know space um and it's something that I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to stay into because, you know, there's like three main storylines that you can go down. There's all the side stuff, you know, you can, you know, build on planets and discover new planets. You can, you know, mine, you can do missions, you can do PVP, you can do, you know, bounties, you can buy freighters, you can, you can just run supplies if you want. Um, this outlaws update is where you can be a pirate, you know, like, it's so cool and it's a game that like i can tell i've barely scratched the surface of and it's such a it's such a cool story and um it's exciting um my biggest struggle with playing it is that i'm just too late i'm so late um it would be like trying to jump into destiny right now you know when you've never played it before there's just so much shit, you know, so, um, but I'm giving it an honest try. Um, I'm actually planning on playing it on stream. Um, but it's just cool. I've never had more fun accomplishing basically nothing. And, and that's a, that's a good sign for a game, right? So, yeah, a bad sign for a game is what I think we've been seeing with Halo Infinite in its season two announcement. Um, so this is coming soon. I think later this month, I, I don't have the date in front of me, but, um, you know, Halo Infinite has had such a weird journey. Um, you know, they, they kind of shadow dropped the PVP back in November, you know, um, you know, a, a while before, you know, a month or so before the, the, the single player released. Um, and it had great, 
you know, great reception. Um, there were people who put the game into their game of the year talk simply off the PVP. And then the single player came out and it was great. It was a cool, I loved it. I really enjoyed that story. Um, it brought back some feels from the old games. It kind of closed up some storylines, opened some new ones up and, um, it was cool. It was great. It was definitely, um, for me, my game of the year last year was the mass effect legendary edition. Um, I, a lot of people don't count remasters. I do. So suck it. Um, but it was definitely in my two, you know, top three or so, um, at least. And so since then things haven't gone great. Um, for people like me who really just want to play the single player, I'm not aware that they haven't at least talked about any plans of DLC or continuing the story. The game without spoiling anything ends in a way where they've obviously set it up for more story, whether we get it or not, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Um, but the, the multiplayer, I had fun with it. It's, it's great. It, it, it plays well. It, I, it's enjoyable, you know? Um, but it's, it's just, it gets old. There's not that many maps there. The, the modes are slowly, but surely coming. Um, we still don't have forge. We still don't have co-op in the single player. Um, and those things like they have to come forge is going to be a big deal. And, and I think it got delayed out of the season two update. It's not coming until later this year. Uh, same with co-op and the single player. So I've seen people say that they should have delayed this game like another year, if, if not at least six months, putting it out this summer or even at the end of this year, 2022. I, I don't know. I, I still think they got the boost they needed during the holiday season from the multiplayer and the single player being cool. Um, before people tired of them and inevitably turned on them. Um, I, I don't necessarily think the delay would have helped anything. I think the narrative around another delay would have been more damaging than a more finished product would have helped, but I could be wrong. I think there's also a chance that the, 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 the style of game that Halo is that was really successful 10 years ago just may not fit in today's gaming atmosphere. And I think that's a reality we may have to accept. It's it, it's going to have a, a cult following, you know, a, a decent player base. Um, if they release single player stuff, lots of people will come back. Maybe a decent number come back for new seasons and stuff. But there's a chance that Halo just isn't what it used to be. And, and that's okay. It, it doesn't have to be you know, it, obviously people would like for it to be a big deal, but it can just be a good game. It doesn't have to be the best game. And, uh, I, I don't, I think a lot of people do will not agree with that, but that's kind of where I stand with it. I, I think Halo is a legacy title and unless they want to completely switch up the formula, which they haven't shown any desire to do yet, I think it just kind of is what it is. Next story here, uh, these next two things. So there's pretty much always going to be like a mass effect section of the podcast and a division part of the podcast, but we're going to hit the mass effect one. We actually have like a little bit of news this time. So there was a new Bioware blog that came out this week. Um, this is really cool as a little bit of a side tangent. I, I feel like these Bioware blogs drop like every like two or three, maybe four weeks. Um, and that's a big deal. Cause from what I can tell, this is a fairly new thing for them to be this transparent. 
Um, uh, as far as I can tell, this is the third blog this year. They did one for New Year's. I think they did another one like a month or a month and a half ago. And then this one just came out. Um, now, admittedly, I, I'm not a huge Dragon Age fan. Um, this was a very, it was 90% Dragon Age, if not more. Um, and it has some cool updates. I'm curious about Dragon Age 4. I don't really like Inquisition. I can't get into it. Um, I'm curious to what this next one's going to look like. If anything, I'm just curious to see what kind of product Bioware can put out in 2023, which is when it's expected to drop. So I'm following it mostly because I'm curious to what the implications will be for Mass Effect, the next one, which they did mention very briefly in this blog. But there was lots of conversation anyways. Uh, so the exact quote from the blog about by, about um, Mass Effect was, there's also the next game in the Mass Effect universe, which is now in early development. It's going to be a while before we can talk about it in more detail, but we can't wait to show you what we're working on. Um, and so uh, pretty simple, you know, they're obviously not, um, you know, showing their cards much because there's probably not much to show at this point. The last blog they did um, was, I believe, the blog that went into like basically like outlining how game development works in the different stages in game development. Um, again, that one, I think, mostly focused on Dragon Age 4, um, but it actually mentioned um, the new Mass Effect in a, a fairly big way. And, and from what I remember, um, it was basically suggesting that the current Mass Effect is in the pre-production conceptual stages of development. Um, so what happened when this blog came out is that a few fans latched onto this, uh, which is now in early development. And I and took that as, oh, wow, they're like working on the game like they're in. They're. So, again, a quick recap. Basically, games are in like concept and pre-production, and that's when they are figuring out what they're going to do and, you know, the mechanics and, and the story and the script. Um, and and, they, and they, they're basically doing all the hard work. And then when that's done, they leave pre-production, go into full production. And that's when they basically have a blueprint for how they want to make the game and, and, and what the game is going to be. And, and, they, and, and that's a small team, a small-ish team who does that. And then when they go into full production, that's when they bring in the hundreds of animators, environment creators, um, engine people, like all this stuff where then all of those people have a blueprint of, okay, I need to make this world i need to make this weapon i need to make this model i need to make you know we need to record this vo we need to do this and that and the other and so my impression is that this statement about early development um is that they're still in pre-production um obviously people are going to take this however they want and whatever you know you know comforts their ego um i am gonna assume they're still in relatively early pre-production um, and the rumor has been for a long time and it seems pretty reasonable that they can't, or, or that they basically can't start full production until Dragon Age four ships, because all of the people that the next Mass Effect game are going to use, or at least a lot of them, um, they could have a small team actively working on stuff, but not their full production. Right. And you know, they're going to need those hundreds of people to shift over to mass effect to make all these worlds and ships and characters and you know, whatever they're going to do. And so I'm going to stay steadfast in that they're going to be in pre-production for the next, 
year and a half. And then when Dragon Age 4 drops and they have the availability of all of this new production resource, you know, all these new, all these people who now don't have a thing to do, that's when we'll hear about them, um, you know, actually getting into production. It wouldn't surprise me if in seven day in 2023, we see some big update where they're like, okay, we're going full force. You know, we're on this thing and we're, we're, we're killing it, you know, and, and we're working on it. Here's some concept art. Here's some models that we're making. Here's some early game footage, you know, and, and that's when, um, even this year, I'm not expecting to see much. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this in seven day in November, we get some kind of more direct confirmation of when the game's going to take place, you know, who's going to be in it, maybe a confirmation if we're going to be Shep again or not, or if there is going to be a Shep or if it's going to be so far in the future that Shep's dead and, you know, we have like a new start, you know, we'll have to wait and see. Another little bit is that today, I'm recording this on Friday, they did release, um, they, they Bioware tweeted out there some new job openings. I'm keeping an active list of um, job openings that we know are for Mass Effect. Um, and I was able to add one more job to that list. It was a lead engine programmer on their website it doesn't list this as a mass effect job specifically but on this um twitter post it it was it, it said it was for mass effect and it was posted all the way back in last september so this is an old job listing um the one note uh, that i did notice when i went through all the job listings is that um so another reason i think they're still in pre-production is they have um five director positions this is technical director environmental gameplay level design narrative and studio tech uh directors all of those jobs are open right now for mass effect so i find it really hard to believe that they would have entered full production without you know all of those extremely important jobs available you know, still available the note I have is that there was a job for the presentation director um, and that that job listing is no longer there. So I would be willing to bet that they have filled that position, which is cool. That's progress. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if a bunch of these positions are filled and they just haven't taken down the listing or if they know who's going to take it. Um, there's, I would say, a decent chance that there's people currently working on Dragon Age 4 that once that ships, they will take over some of these positions um, or when they like they're no longer needed in the in the stages of development for Dragon Age, they'll switch over. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if that happens. Um, but the, the, the video game market is also booming right now, and um, it, it's probably gonna be hard for the, them to fill these jobs if they're looking to do it externally. So we'll have to uh, kind of wait and see what happens there. But yeah, I think we're still in pre-production. Um, the last bit I have is last week we talked about the Unreal Engine 5 uh, releasing and already uh, there's been some fan concept stuff for the next Mass Effect uh, and, and someone kind of recreated or, or, or to a point recreated Omega, um, which is uh, featured pretty heavily in Mass Effect 2 and um, is featured a little bit in three in a DLC, but, um, I wasn't super impressed with this demo to be totally honest. It, it was a big hit with all of the mass effect fans, but 
I kind of didn't think it looked that great, but um, it's still showing, you know, I suspect within by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if there's people doing stuff in Unreal Engine 5 on a fan perspective um, that's going to look, that's going to give us a really good idea of what we could see from the next game. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll keep an eye out for that. Okay, we're going to move into our final topic today, and that's the Division 2. Uh, some news about that. Um, so we have uh, the Phase 2 of uh, Title Update 15 release on Thursday, um, and so you can get in there and play that. Um, I, I, for full disclosure, I haven't played much of it. Um, they they seems like they may have fixed an issue where um, every time you finish uh, the new mode countdown, um, you would get your session could end which for me as someone who doesn't have warlords on pc means that i would have to delete my character and start a new one in order to play again i think they've fixed that um, but for me if you don't have warlords you still can't easily test this pts every time you leave a session that character gets locked and you have to delete them and start a new one so um that's a bummer i i don't you know they uh today <laughs> They, the, the official Division account put out this uh, this blog that was explaining why they don't do a console PTS. And there seems to be, and I'm sure there's a lot of players who weren't around for the Division 1 PTS test they did, um, or who, who simply don't understand why the console is, is a challenge to do a PTS, which it is, 100%. Um, the thing is, is that I read through this blog and it explains things. Okay. It explains that, um, they tried it in division one and it, it didn't work very well. I think they did a really bad job allocating the spots. Um, I, I think it's kind of, I thought it was kind of weird that in this blog, they didn't kind of own the fact that I think the biggest problem with the PTS on console was they, I don't think they did it very well. I think it was not handled very well. Um, one of the things too, is they said that like, like if they do it on PC, they can use their own launcher and they can update it as many times as they want. And it's easy on consoles. They have to get the builds approved and, um, and that's a problem. The thing they didn't mention is that I'm also pretty sure it costs a lot of money for them to get the approval and to put, um, new like updates on the consoles. And so I'm sure this is a financial thing as well. Um, I did think one comment in the blog was kind of funny where it was like, well, you know, when we did it in division one, we didn't get very much feedback. Um, and so it didn't seem worth it. That's because I think there were only like a couple hundred people who got picked for the PTS and the PTS was a shit show on console. And so they probably had 5% of the people even able to do the PTS on console compared to PC. And and it wasn't handled very well. And so, yeah, they probably didn't get much feedback because not that many people were probably able to do it. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I felt like this blog was informative. I think it is good for people who truly don't understand why the PTS isn't on console. Um, I also think it was a little, I don't like pretentious or condescending, or I, I just, I wish it, I wish it seemed like they were being like completely transparent about why they don't do it instead of just telling us kind of the same things we've heard over the years about it. I think there's more to it than what they have explained. Um, but it's stuff like, you know, 
spending time working on it and um, a big complaint from them was back to that same that issue with you know getting the updates approved is that they said well you know in the time frame we can only get one build of the pts on console where we can do like three phases like they're doing right now and i'm i guess my thought is like like i mean one's better than zero <laughs> like i i i think that you can still gain valuable you know feedback if you can have enough people um because the big thing they said is that there's something to do with that they 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 can only have so many people do the PTS on console. That was a big issue in division one when they did it. I don't know this for a fact, but I am willing to bet that that is up to them how many people do it. And it probably it's a money thing. I'm sure it's, you know, if they wanted 5,000 people to test it on console, it probably costs a lot of money uh, where they don't have to pay that money on, you know, Ubisoft connect. And so it's like, you know, I, I don't know. I, 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 didn't love that article. Um, I, I think that there's a attitude that every single person who doesn't understand why they aren't doing it on console just doesn't understand those things. And I, I don't think that's the case. Like I know why they aren't doing it on console, but I still think it sucks. And I think that there, there's kind of a dismissive attitude towards console players. Um, and then I specifically am annoyed by it because um, they make it, you know, like I said about this Warlords thing, uh, I have Division 2 on PC. I've played it for like five hours. I, I just don't like playing it on PC. And I don't have Warlords, and I don't want to spend 30 bucks to do a PTS. But I did buy Warlords in the game and probably tens of hundreds of dollars of other stuff on my console character. Um, so I really wish there was a way for me to like show like, yeah, I do own the game and Warlords. I would like to be able to test it on PC, um, but they don't have that ability or they won't do it. Um, so uh, from what I have seen, I just, this, this update just continues to feel a lot like it's going to be a thing where like people who were playing the game anyway still are going to enjoy it because there's going to be some new stuff, some new gear, some new guns. Um, people who haven't played in a while, it seems like enough that you may you may pop back in and be like, Oh, okay. What's this? And play countdown a handful of times and, you know, check out some of this new gear. And that's probably it. Um, I don't think this update is going to be, um, a thing where it's like warlords or 1.8 for division two, where it's like, it's the big comeback. Like, okay, everyone, here's a bunch of cool new shit. Come play our game again. I think instead it's going to be kind of like, here's an update. And here's some stuff. And if you are interested, here you go. And um, and that that's kind of a bummer because I you know I've said it and I won't keep repeating it every time. But this update would have been perfect like nine months ago. Um, you know, after the phase season ended and there was a little bit of a lull. Um, you know, I, I think that would have been cool. And um, putting it out, you know, next month or the month after is probably like a year too late. Um, and that's fine. I mean, it's, you know, I appreciate the hard work. I appreciate what they're doing, but I just like, you know, like early 2021 after most of the division two team had been moved to star Wars. And there was this debate, you know, within, you know, the upper echelons of Ubisoft of like, okay, like, are we done with division two or do we want more content? And, you know, they eventually made the, the decision for more content, which led to them, you know, Yannick and Trick and these people, you know, 
putting together this new team and, and you're working with people at Bucharest and maybe some other studios. Um, I just find it really hard to believe that like countdown and this other content that's coming out was this like master plan where they, you know, they, they burst into the meeting room at Ubisoft and when they were deciding, should we have more content or not? And they said, countdown and this gear set if you let us if you let us keep working on this game this is what we're gonna do and eve's gillymont falls over in his chair and all of the executives are like oh my god that's amazing you have to keep making this game i i find it hard to believe that 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 what we're getting is is what sold them on making you know letting them make more division two stuff I suspect it was basically like, yeah, Warlord sold really well and a lot of people played it and there's still a, more people playing than you think. So we should do more stuff. And, and that's just like, it just feels like too little too late. Uh, and, and it's, um, and I'm curious about how it's going to play out in the long run. I had, I saw some people talking like, you know, this seems like not enough content for them to bring this, you know, to restart development. I, I think we're seeing the restart of development of Division 2. I, I, I think that we're going to see a year or two or maybe even more years of development on this game. And we may eventually get some really cool things and things that seem more fitting of the moment and stuff. Maybe. Um, it's just, you know, it's probably going to be a while. They are hiring. Um, they're hiring quite a few positions at Massive for Division 2. Um, so it seems like that they're trying to ramp back up in a pretty significant way. I just wonder if, like, when they finally get there and if they put out, like, a Warlords, you know, type update, like, will people still be around? Um, there's also a possibility that they may be planning on doing, like, a year or two of content for Division 2. And they're going to build this team up to be, like... A pre-production team for a division three i could see that um that would be a thing where like i wouldn't expect that to take any fruition i mean i don't think we're gonna if a division three happens 2026 would be a date i would throw out there um it's not coming anytime soon so i don't know i i just i wish i was more excited about what's happening I don't think what's happening is bad. I just think it's fine. Um, spoiler alert. I won't reveal any of the stuff, but I did post about this on Twitter. Um, during the phase one PTS, uh, the same person who data mined all of the other seasons uh, over on Reddit, uh, data mined this next season, season nine, um, uh, from the phase one files and basically revealed a, a bunch of information about the story of what they're going to be showing us um they did have some discretion they they kind of withheld themselves a bunch of information and just kind of laid out some general uh you know story beats that they were going to be hitting um again i won't talk about it here you can look it up if you want i don't want to spoil it for anyone um it the, they described it as that they held back a lot of the really big events which they did in the previous leaks that they did as well which is cool um so that's out there. Um, from what I saw, it, it's interesting. Um, I'm curious to how it plays out. Um, it's definitely enticing enough that I plan on playing. Like I, I want to, 
at least experience all of this stuff that's happening. So I'm, I'm interested. Um, I'm not going to be no life in division two again from what I've seen so far, but I'll definitely be putting in a few hours a week um, to do this stuff. So that is genuinely exciting. Um, and then kind of the last thing I won't rant about this too much because I've talked about it a lot in the past, but, um, through Twitter's wonderful algorithm, I, I've seen a lot of chatter, um, you know, that predictably the PVP players are upset that they're basically kind of getting shafted in a lot of ways. My stance on that whole situation is that genuinely, I feel bad for people who came into the division franchise really wanting this PVP experience. They did kind of try to sell us before the first game came out this idea of the dark zone. Um, and even later on, like things like conflict and stuff. Um, and then when division two came out, you know, they really sold us on like, yeah, red storm is like doing this conflict mode and it's going to have like events and new modes and all this stuff. And yeah, the, the, we're having these three DZs and you know, there's going to be all this stuff we can do with it. And then like red storm bounced from the game, like a couple months after it came out and conflict was just ignored and the DZs have just been ignored. Essentially they did some fairly significant changes that arguably didn't really make anything that much better just different um i am perfectly happy to jump onto the train of people saying like oh division one pvp was better than two the dz the one dz was better i agree overall i think the three dz's had more potential uh but that was not met even close i think division two's conflict mode had so much potential to be such a important like really cool and like active mode probably on the level of like destiny's pvp if it had gotten love but now we know that not long after the game came out red storm split off and started working on heartland what would become heartland and we got left with a bunch of unfinished pvp and so i genuinely feel for the people who like that is a thing they wanted my issue comes in that this is all just off the top of my head. I, it is from a lot of experience though in this community and around this game and stuff like that is that if I didn't feel like, especially the creators who are like PVP focused, but just the general PVP community, if I didn't feel like they were responsible for like 95% of the toxicity and the, uh, you know, lies about stuff, whether it's content related or devs or stuff like that, breaking NDAs or, or, or straight up lying about NDAs. That was my favorite one with warlords. There was a creator who I don't know if they're still doing stuff or not, um, who made a fake NDA email and made a bunch of content using it. And then, you know, basically was proven completely wrong by massive by the division itself. But also like I called it out too, being like, that's not real. I, I've signed a bunch of NDAs. That is not an NDA. Like I, I know what they look like. I'm under like six of them right now um, with just with the division in that realm. And like, and so like I would feel a lot worse for these people if their behavior wasn't so awful. And if like, I think the hardest part for me where the empathy is really hard or the sympathy, whatever, is that like for six years, I think massive has made it pretty clear how much they take PVP seriously. Um, and, and that they don't like, like that, that's not a goal for them. It's either not an interest or not a thing that they feel like they are good at or whatever. Um, 
and that was that's why it was always Red Storm's thing. But then obviously Red Storm isn't working on it, and they haven't in a, multiple years at this point. And um, it's just to me like there comes a point where like the people who are still expecting the division to be a PVP game, like at some point, like you can't feel bad anymore. You just have to be like, Hey, like open your eyes. Like, like you need to realize that that's not happening. That's not going to happen. Like that's, that's not what's happening here. And and this update should be another nail in the coffin of like, Hey, like guys, this, and if you want to keep playing it, then that's great. Like if you, if, but it seems like they all hate it. <laughs> it's so confusing that like it seems like you know they, they all harp on it and they all focus on it so much and, and i see like i saw a post today where they tagged like 10 of the expected people and we're like we need to make our voices heard and they need to do better with pvp and i'm like come on like like you gotta you gotta like start putting the puzzle pieces together and and, and maybe massive just needs to come out and be like yeah we don't like pvp we're not gonna do anything they're not gonna do that because you know they don't want to deal with that but like and it seems like they are doing small things for PVP, but like, it's so hard to feel bad for these people. One, because of the way a lot of them act, especially the most well-known ones. But then also because it just seems like they just like are putting these blinders on and they, and it seems like they hate the game, but they still want it to be exactly what they want. And then they'll love it. They won't, even if massive, made PVP exactly the way these people want it to be, they would still hate it. Like, it's just, that's a whole different discussion. But like, this genre just isn't PVP oriented. You know, Destiny is the only game in this genre whose PVP is like moderately successful. And that's because, you know, they they don't have a Dark Zone equivalent because you can't make that good. It's just, you know, unless you put some crazy, you know, rails on it. it you just the dz is such a cool idea that is just impossible to execute um and then like conflict i think had it like i said i think it had a chance to be like equivalent to destiny's pvp where like some people like it most people tolerate it and it's like okay and it's just not that's just not how it is in the division and it's just it's it's frustrating one because i i I think it gets so much, there's so much loudness around it from so few people. And I guess the last point I'll make about it is that the simple fact is, is that these, the developers, especially when it seems like they're fairly limited on what they can do with the division, it seems like Ubisoft just doesn't let them go all in. And so then, so what they'll do is they'll, they'll, they'll work on the stuff and they'll put out stuff that according to their numbers and their stats will will have the most interaction and please the most people and so especially with division two and even division one for the most part you have to realize that like it seems about like like 85 90 percent of their effort has gone towards pve stuff not pvp and I've heard, I've been told, I can't prove it because I would get people in trouble and I don't even know if I could find the info anymore, but for division one and two at peak for active player base, when the player bases were high shortly after release, shortly after updates, maybe 5% of the active community was, was playing PVP. It's not as popular as people, as the people who love it, think it is. And then they get confused why they don't invest in it. And it's because no one's doing it. 
And so like, it's, it's a tough subject. And, and I, a part of me does feel bad. Like if, if I put myself in the shoes of someone who wants division PVP to be good, I, I would left the game by now. I, I don't understand why you would still be around, but if you're that dedicated or you just enjoy pain that much, I understand the frustration, but like you gotta read the writing eventually. And, and, and I think that's um, not going to happen. <laughs> so now a lot of people think the savior of this is going to be Heartland, um, which we've essentially heard nothing about in months, uh, maybe over a year officially, um, besides some leaked stuff that wasn't supposed to come out. Um, and I, I have to be very careful about what I talk about with Heartland for various reasons. Um, but I think it's okay to say that there should be emails going out to people who signed up to test it, just general public people. So check your emails, check your promo folders, check your junk mail. Um, if you signed up to test Heartland, check your email. So it seems like something is moving. Um, and then the other thing is that there's been this Twitter account. There's actually two of them. It seemed like they're run by the same person um, that are essentially, so they make it very clear in their description that is a, a school project. I don't really understand. I'm not going to say the names of the accounts. Honestly, I don't know what they are off the top of my head. And I don't want to push any more people towards them. Um, but in their description, they're like, it's a school project. And I'm like, okay, whatever. But knowing that most people don't look at the descriptions, they look at the tweet, they look at the picture and they look at the name of the account. And in this particular case, it's like the division heartland. They have the heartland symbol and they have been posting all this cryptic bullshit about like, Oh, like, like posting this date and then posting these pictures. And it's like, they're obviously playing on people who, who are not, don't pay very good attention and, you know, don't pay attention to the fact that this is clearly a fake account. And, and so just be careful. There is no official information out right now about heartland. If you see people, posting tweets or retweeting stuff or, or whatever, making videos probably about these tweets because even a lot of the creators are too dull to do any research and, you know, prove anything. Um, there is no official information today. Um, and I think that we'll probably see something soon. I wouldn't be surprised if Ubisoft does a forward sooner than later. Um, I don't know. We will wait and see. But, you know, be careful what information you, uh, you, you latch on to. Okay. We're going to start wrapping this show up because I've been talking for almost an hour already. Um, listener questions. The, they are both from discord this week. The first one is from Scotty VT four. And they say, um, would you like to see someone else acquire massive? If, um, if so, who do you think would be best suited to take them over? Probably anyone. If you want me to be totally honest, it seems like. Um, and I've talked about this quite a bit, so I won't harp on it too much. Um, I highly, 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 highly suggest if you care about massive in the division, and if you're curious about how things work behind the scenes, um, buy David Polfeld's book, uh, it's called the dream architects. And, um, like the first half of the book, you probably won't care about it's still an interesting read to see how a lot of the older people in games right now got into developing games because the people getting into development now went to school for game development and did internships and this stuff. These older folks who are making games who are in their forties, fifties, sixties, they were like 
like I think David Polfelt like did like advertising in in programming. He was like interested in programming or something. I have to read it again to remember. But the first half of the book is interesting in general if you care about games. The second half is interesting if you are interested in why the division seems like it's kind of the forgive the phrase, but the redheaded stepchild of Ubisoft's lineup where it seems like they're kind of willing to let them try to make the game initially and then just cut off all support for it afterwards. Um, long story short, what you'll find from the book is that uh, most of the upper people and specifically the person who deals with like organizing the studios didn't want massive massive was in a bunch of financial trouble. The guy who started massive wanted to retire and he was done. Um, they had made some things and, and done well, uh, ground control and some games like that. They, they had done, um, but massive wasn't in good shape. Like it was in some trouble. It needed help. And, um, and this was around when they started prototyping the division, um, before Ubisoft bottom. And, um, they, uh, got purchased by Ubisoft when some people were on vacation who didn't want massive. And it definitely seems like, uh, and then shortly after that, the original, I believe the guy who started the company left David Polfelt took over who he recently left as well. Um, and the, in long story short, it seems like David Polfelt was not looked upon very kindly by some of the, the upper people at Ubisoft. Um, I believe there were words mentioned of like thinking he's a diva and um, stuff like that. Um, and so I, I kind of wonder that now that Ubisoft was able to put their own guy, they hired a, like a guy who used to run like a movie studio or something uh, runs the massive studio now. And I wonder if maybe they'll get a little bit more love from Ubisoft. They are currently massive is currently running um, developing the two biggest uh, you know, licensed properties, arguably in games. Uh, Massive is developing a Star Wars game and has, for a long time, been working on this Avatar game, which with, with James Cameron directly, like with his studio. Um, those are two huge. Even if you don't like Star Wars or don't like you know Avatar, those are two huge licensed products for one studio to be working on. Um, especially a studio who Ubisoft seems to have not allowed to go all in on their own extremely successful franchise, The Division. So my answer is, honestly, I wouldn't even want to see them acquired. I would love to see them do a Destiny or a Bungie thing where they can take their IP and go just make it and just do it. Um, in today's world, that's not very realistic. Um, it's not even realistic for Bungie because they've been owned by Microsoft and then Activision and now they're owned by Sony. So obviously, even for a wildly successful studio and publisher um, like Bungie, in a wildly successful game like destiny, they can't even make ends meet on their own. And so my dream of massive being an independent stu studio is probably dashed. Um, the biggest issue as well is that when my, when Ubisoft bought red storm and acquired the Tom Clancy rights, um, even though I believe the basic concept of the division was being developed before they were acquired, the way that the massive acquirement happened is they essentially shut down the old massive and started a new studio called massive. And that meant that like, they don't own any of their own IP 
and they and they I highly doubt they would be able to buy it or anyone else would. So um, that, that Tom Clancy name, man, <laughs> Ubisoft loves it and they will stick it on almost anything. So who would I like to see them get bought by almost anyone? Uh, I mean, Microsoft would be my personal uh, love, but th they aren't just going to buy massive that they, they would buy all of Ubisoft. And, you know, the only way that's going to happen is if, the Guillemont family wants to get out of the business, which they may, they aren't young. Um, it is still a family owned business. If you don't know, um, and I'm sure they would love to retire sooner than later. Um, so I could see maybe that happening, but I mean, that stuff gets messy. You don't know what studios are going to get shut down. What projects are going to get cut. I don't know. And I don't really want to see the division become a platform exclusive either. I, I, I think that's a good game to be a good third party for everyone. So I don't know. It's a good question though. Thank you, Scotty. And then master prime with the last questions here. Uh, the first one here is referencing what I talked about before with Xbox at the start of the show. Um, will console gaming ever disappear? Um, my answer is no, not really, but kind of, I think, and I think Xbox is already doing this, and this is why I mentioned before, I think Xbox is going to stop thinking in terms of like generations, and I think Xbox is going to just start releasing consoles as basically like all-in-one computers, uh, you know, that are specifically for gaming. So what I mean is like when Sony puts out their PS6, because I think Sony is going to stay in that mindset of like, we do generations even though that's become kind of a meme now because they said that we do generations with our games and now all of their games have been cross-gen. That's a whole different conversation. Um, I think Sony's going to stick with the idea of like the PS6 is our next generation of gaming. I, I think Xbox is going to start going into, you know, every three or four years they release a, a bumped up version of their console. And it essentially will become a thing of like, you want to upgrade? Cool. You want to keep playing your one from a few years ago? It's still fine. And so like, it may be a thing where people upgrade like every two releases, like, like maybe I get the series X, I don't get the next one in two or three years, but then the one, two or three years after that, I will, because my old one's getting outdated. I, so I don't think console gaming in the sense of a box that you can hook up to your TV and just play is going to go away. I think the way that it gets like marketed will change. Um, there's also a chance that streaming may take over more eventually. I still think that at least in the United States, but I think just with tech in general, there's a lot more issues with eventually getting like zero latency streaming ever. Um, I, I think that there's just some, you know, some big infrastructure things are going to have to change in the whole world for that to make sense. And I don't see that happening anytime soon. I think that in-home hardware will have a place a lot longer than people think. Um, and then Master Prime's second question here is, um, are the Xbox Series X and S and PS5 powerful enough to be less cloud dependent? So this is specifically citing, I think, a uh, something I've talked about with like The Division. The Division... The way the game works offloads a lot of its um, calculations to the server. So like in the division, there's multiple things being done by the server, like uh, like enemy AI, which is a pretty big part of the game, as well as a bunch of other stuff. 
Um, and the reason they did that was because the last generation of consoles basically just couldn't handle doing that stuff and showing the graphics and doing the physics and doing all of the stuff that, you know, it does. And so they had to offload a bunch of that work to the server and it's pretty good. I think it's pretty solid. I think it's pretty impressive tech. And, um, so it's, it's kind of a question of if that's, so when games start coming out just for these current gen systems, when they stop being cross-gen, is that going to stop? Probably not. And honestly, like with Ubisoft, they announced that new, whatever para, whatever it was that Stockholm is doing. It, it almost seems like they're diving even further into it. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they try to complement the more powerful new systems by continuing to do this, it, which kind of makes sense because then you can take advantage of even more of the power of these new systems to do even more impressive visuals and things like that and still let the server handle AI and other stuff. The downside is what people have been talking about for a long time. One day, the servers for Division 1 will shut down. It's probably a long ways off. Ubisoft genuinely does a good job of keeping these games going. But they will shut down one day. And when that happens, the Division 1 will be unplayable. You will not be able to play it. And I've seen people be like, well, maybe they can release a patch where you can run a server on your... It's not going to happen. They are not going to do that. Um, the only thing I can think of is that maybe they'd be able to find a solution that would let them run like a virtual server and let you keep playing. But then I don't know if co-op, like I suspect that one day division one will just shut down and you will never be able to play it again. Whereas right now you can play, you can pull out your super Nintendo and play Mario and you'll be able to do that 50 years from now with the right adapters and stuff. Right. And that will not be the case. You will not be able to play division one in 50 years. Simple. It's as simple as that. And, um, and there's a lot of games that are going to be like that. Um, people need to realize that the reason I am such a big fan of Xbox and stuff is because they seem to have a genuine dedication to preserving games. And, um, because in, in five, 10, 15, 20 years, a lot of games that you love today or that you've loved in the last 10 years will be unplayable. You will not be able to play them. You will not be able to play them. And so, you know, the way people go back and play, you know, Super Nintendo and Sega and all these games now, because they just work because they're just a cartridge in a box that will not be the case in 15 or 20 years, probably with a lot of games. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think the cloud integration and stuff like that is here to stay in some capacities, um, until publishers decide they don't want co-op games and games that are always connected until they really are okay with just doing some single player games. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. Um, you can uh, post questions in uh, on either Twitter page for either the echo cast or myself, Bond Diesel. Um, you can post in the discord. You can post on the YouTube comments. You can, uh, you know, do all kinds of stuff. So if you want to ask, I'd love to answer. Do it in those places. Um, for content updates, um, I am basically just really busy right now. We've had uh, basically over the last month and a half, uh, I hurt my back really bad. Uh, I was sick. Um, the, the people who watch our daughter while we work were unavailable. Uh, my wife is currently on spring break. 
and then she has summer break coming up soon and we're just busy and so streaming stuff like that is tough i'm recording this podcast at one in the morning because this is when i had time to do it and um so you know be patient um i am trying to keep this stuff going i'm having a lot of fun uh the podcast is growing for the first time since i stopped doing division only content uh, which is exciting now it's probably because the division has more content coming but um i've really enjoyed having a broader um focus and um and, and it's cool to see that paying off so if you listen thank you very much uh, please continue to do so. And um, that's where we're going to start to wrap this one up. So uh, thank you so much for checking out the podcast. Uh, if you want more, be sure to like the video. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel or to the podcast on any platform. Uh, be notified about new videos by hitting the bell on YouTube, including Mass Effect videos, Division videos, anything else that I'm checking out or reviewing. And uh, maybe check out some of my other content on there you can find me all over the internet as bond diesel including on twitter youtube and twitch you can find the uh, echo cast official twitter account it's at the echo cast very original uh, and please check out my echo cast and bond diesel merch at the link below uh, you can also check it out on my twitter it's a Streamlabs merch store i've reduced the prices as much as i can it's cool stuff and um That's all I have. So until next time.